Hi, I'm Jim Martin of the Erie Times News, here today with John Persinger, CEO of the Erie Downtown Development Corporation. Uh, just a couple days ago, the uh, EDDC announced some big news. They're going to be investing a lot of money in downtown Erie after uh, purchasing the former McDonald's property at 5th and State. John, why don't you start by just sort of outlining uh, what, what your plans are for that property. Certainly. Well, I think it's important to uh, remind everyone why we exist, and that's to uh, revitalize downtown through property redevelopment. We have a lot of blighted, vacant, underutilized, abandoned properties in our downtown core, some that were kind of out of um, uh, fit for a urban downtown, and that's what we were dealing here with this McDonald's. And so one of the things that, uh, as we looked at pursuant to that mission, is the concept of clustering our investments together. So when we were looking at what properties we might be able to buy, this one was on our radar. We had a lot of discussions with McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's Corporation owns the parcels that are there at Fifth and State. They have control over the franchise, and so they made the decision at some point in time to close the store. They informed us of that, dis that decision and offered it to us for sale. As I go back to why we exist, this seemed to fit right within our mission. If they were going to have a closed store on the corner of uh, State Street, right in the heart of downtown, that wouldn't be a benefit for anyone. So instead of seeing a closed, vacant parcel, we saw an opportunity to go in there and really develop some new business opportunities, some new housing opportunities. So it's a great fit, and we're looking forward to development. And so what's, what's I know there's you know some things that are up in the air right now, but as you see it generally, what's what's this going to look like? What are you going to have in, in that space? With all of our buildings, we wanted to, we want one, uh, our goals are to bring more businesses to downtown area, bring more residential units to downtown area, and three, improve the quality of life in downtown area. So with those goals in mind, we've approached all of our buildings to uh, have uh, general design standards and development standards and some general principles, those being one, with those goals in mind, getting upper floor residential units in place, and two, on the ground floor, um, providing some commercial spaces for businesses that can provide amenities or draw people to downtown. So with those principles in mind, specifically looking at this site, the architects have designs for a five-story building that would be up to 83,000 square feet, the first two floors could be for a commercial tenant or they could be for multiple commercial tenants. The ground floor could be uh, split up for several ground floor retail businesses. The second floor could be taken by a com uh, commercial tenant, it will be grade A office space. Or one tenant could take up those first two floors which is about 31,000 square feet in total. And then on floors three, four, and five, we have plans for between 37 and 41 residential units. So you compare with what's there right now, and it was a, it was a, a former franchise, lots of surface space because there was parking there to really bring in new businesses, new residents. It's going to be a tr quite a transformation at that corner. John, I've been, I've been hearing lots of comments, as I'm sure you have as well. Um, you know, the, the one group of people I do hear from, though, are people who really do want to see this work, who are excited about it. But even among, you know, among that group, there's like, boy, I hope this works, I hope this works. What is it that gives you confidence or at least hope that you will see that the, the commercial tenants materialize, that we will eventually see, uh, you know, residential uh, 
uh, you know, apartment dwellers materialize. What what gives you hope that that will that that'll take place? So I wouldn't have signed up if I didn't have hope that this was all going to work out and we were going to be able to transform downtown into something more vibrant. And those are the conversations I had with Tim DeCastro, who's our board president, when we were talking about this role and the vision for downtown and the vision for the organization. So I don't think I would have signed up if if I didn't believe that we could truly transform downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, a good sign of confidence was the fact that there are so many um, uh, in, uh, local organizations, companies, individuals who have invested in the EDDC and also have est- invested in the Erie Downtown Equity Fund. I mean, this is not just a put your hand up and uh, I'm in. This is an actual opening up of wallets and committing real money to make right. this happen. So that gives me the first sense of, of hope and confidence that we are on the right track. The second is, uh, before I was hired, there was, the board engaged a consulting firm, a real estate consulting firm, to advise on how to get started. They did a um, study of the demand for downtown housing units. That, when that study came out two years ago, they said that there is a demand today for 750 housing units in downtown. So that was today, two years ago. Now, we can't build 750 um, housing units overnight, but we're working towards that, and we hope that we, with what we are doing, we're going to shock the market back to life, and that there will be other investors and developers who will help us build towards that goal. And then the third thing that gives me confidence is that there is a lack of grade A commercial office space in the downtown core. And you hear that from a, a number of people, including uh, the Chamber of Commerce. When they go out to recruit businesses to come here, that's one of the things that businesses look at is where can we fit? And so we see this as a real critical tool to being able to um, satisfy the demands that are here right now today and also to be able to provide for the future growth. Lots more questions for you, but we might have one from a viewer. Um, we've got one. Where will, and I don't, I'm not sure if you know the answer to this, John, where will snow go? How will they keep the intersection and sidewalks accessible to pedestrians? Um, just because existing construction is so close to the street doesn't mean EDDC can't change that. So that is an interesting question that um, I would probably direct to the city of Erie because we are not responsible for removing the snow in downtown Erie. Uh, Of course, we are cognizant of the fact that we are going to be um, doing a lot of construction and development over the next several years. Part of what we talked about is that we will be using some of the um, former McDonald's parcels as a staging area for all of our construction equipment to try and keep it off the streets, to try to do our best to keep it off the sidewalks. Um, We also meet regularly with the city, uh, with the mayor and his administration, depending on what the topics are, those will, uh, the different staff will be in on those conversations. So that's one of the topics of conversations that is ongoing with the city is how do we address um, all the downtown activity while we're developing. Got more if you want me to keep going. Uh, what plans do you have for mixed tenant occupancy for both upgraded and new residential apartments? So we are looking at an overarching residential strategy because we're going to have several buildings across three blocks. Our uh, total uh, residential unit count right now is between 129 residential units and up to 159. 
So we're trying to make sure what's that right mix and match. Um, the the market study that I mentioned earlier gave us some in insight into who would be the ideal um, tenants, who's interested in downtown living, what are the different price points. We also look at what are the sizes of units, what type of units, what are the amenities that are going to be available. So we're looking at that kind of holistically across these three blocks so that we can offer a, a diverse array of residential units, knowing that there will be a diverse amount of interest in living downtown. To follow on that question, the one thing I've, I've, I am hearing from people, and, and you and I talked about it a little bit last week, you know, if I build a, a restaurant in Mill Creek or someplace like that, they're going to want to know from my from my building plan how many parking spaces am I going to have. Mm -hmm. And I know at this point, uh, there's not a specific parking plan. How, how are you concerned about that going forward? Is that something you're going to have to address um, when you, you know, you're planning for a lot of mm -hmm. a lot more residences? You're planning for businesses. Um, what happens with parking? It's been a concern of ours from day one because. We know Erie's different than other big cities. In big cities, they're used to taking trains or buses or subways. Here in Erie, we like the convenience of uh, parking. We like to drive door to door and get out and walk straight into somewhere where we're going. So we know that we're not gonna change uh, behavioral patterns overnight. So what we need to do is to accommodate those in our development plans. And thinking about, as we talk about these three blocks, the amount of commercial spaces that are gonna come online, the number of new employees that are gonna be working in those commercial spaces, the number of, of customers that are going to be visiting those commercial spaces, and the number of residents that will be living up above, we've been thinking about what is that mobility strategy? The mobility strategy meaning not just parking, but uh, to the question earlier, how are people walking? Where are they walking? Where, if people are you uh, riding bikes, where are they riding bikes? Where are they storing bikes? So we wanted to take a big picture approach because as we look at these three blocks, we thought it made more sense to do that than to focus on one specific area. Now I will mention that we are not the parking authority. We're not the parking experts but we work closely with the parking uh, authority and their, their expertise. So we have had a number of conversations with them just to inform them about our plans and mm -hmm. get their input on where things are headed and what we need to be thinking about as we develop these properties. So um, the, again, those are conversations that are ongoing. Okay. We've got another question sure. here, wanna take it. Have you guys, uh, this is, she asked two questions, so you might wanna answer the both. One, um, how will you protect uh, downtown Erie pedestrians, residents from the elements, and have you guys thought about green space downtown? So let me answer the second question first. Okay. There's a giant green space right in the middle of downtown. It's called Perry Square. And if you haven't been down there, I encourage you to come down there. It's quite nice. Um, the, we work with uh, partners to activate that space. The Perry Square Alliance does a great job of beautifying it. Uh, the Downtown Partnership. I know one of the things that they're working on is the Downtown Delights, which will be going on during the holidays. If you missed out last year, um, hopefully you'll be able to make it this year. It was like something out of a Hallmark movie. It was The lights were beautiful, the tree was beautiful, the snow was just perfect. So again, there is a green space down there um, and we work with our partners on that. But we are also trying to be strategic as we think about our buildings and think about every part of our building and are we using each part of our building 
to the highest and best use. So an example is basements and rooftops. There are very few rooftop decks in Erie. So some of our plans call for rooftop decks. It would be great to see some green space out on those rooftop decks. That's what the plans call for right now. Obviously with outdoor spaces, to your first question, um, our climate is different than what you would find in um, other areas. We are blessed to get a lot of snow, which makes for great downtown delights, um, but may not be great when you're trying to um, grill a steak or grow carrots in the wintertime. So to your first question, what we think about is, it's a great question, is um, not necessarily how do we shelter people from the elements, but how do we um, take into consideration Erie's climate? So an example of that is on North Park Row, we have five buildings on that uh, block. And in the Park Place and Sherlock's building, we're going to be putting a food hall, which will have the plans right now call for nine to 10 of Erie's top culinary talent. On the west end of that block, um, in the dispatch building, we have plans for a public market, which will have a butcher, a baker, a, a produce vendor. And so um, they're at those opposite ends of the block. But what we think about is, can you connect them? And what we're looking at is putting in a European style arcade building, not like a video game arcade, but an arcade that has a sort of glass roof or a skylight roof. So if you're downtown and the weather is not optimal, you can pop into the food hall, get something to eat. You can walk through the, the arcade. We plan to program that space. So there may be public art on, on occasion. There may be musical performances. There may be theatrical performances. You could sit there for a while, take in those performances or the artwork. You could visit the shops that are along that arcade. And then you can make your way to the west end of the block and get your groceries from the market spend hours indoor, have a great time downtown, and support great local businesses, artists, and uh, vendors. You're painting a good picture of what, you know, what this all could look like. Um, and also, you're, you know, we can think about the numbers of people increasing. What about, uh, you know, financially, as I, as I told you a minute ago, uh, people who aren't really looking at this closely may not realize that there is a tax advantage here. Of course, there's a 10-year there's word in place right now. But once we get clear of that, let's look at just this individual project. What's the, what's the tax implication there for Yuri? So right now, the current assessed value of our properties is about 3.5 million. And we're paying, we are paying taxes on our properties. We are a nonprofit, but we have decided to pay taxes on our properties. We're paying about $111,000 in taxes. That's for the three separate blocks, correct. That's across our, our 10 properties on three blocks, $111,000 in taxes. We are going to put between 68 and $84 million of development into these three blocks. We're hopeful at the end that this appraises for between 44 and $54 million. Again, hopeful because... Erie has a very soft real estate market and that's why we exist is because it hasn't made sense for traditional investors uh, or real estate developers to come into this market. So after we spend that 68 to 84 million and hopefully it appraises for 44 to 54, we believe that it will we'll then be paying if the current tax rate stays the same between 1.5 and 1.8 million dollars. That is a tremendous increase. So think about that. 
the school district, the, the county, the city, right now are receiving $111,000 in taxes. When this is done, they are going to be receiving $1.5 to $1.8 million. And that's, a, uh, I think, an often overlooked benefit of all this downtown development, that this is a, what we've had in Erie is kind of this self-perpetuating downward spiral. Mm-hmm. People leave, uh, properties go vacant, taxes go up, and it forces more people out. We're trying to reverse that. And so we'll have a self-perpetuating upward spiral. We're investing, the property values will go up, the school district, the city, the um, county will have more money to invest in, in uh, social services, which will hopefully in- encourage more people to in- come into the city, which results in more investment. And so that's what we're building towards. You think you're done buying for now? I think so. We continue to have conversations every day. Um, so we always entertain people who are interested in trying to sell their property. but. When we looked at shocking the market back to life, we knew we wanted a cluster of properties tightly concentrated together. We've got 10 right now in three uh, square blocks that are right next to each other. So we're, we're happy with what we have and we think these projects, these properties, give us the ability to shock the market back to life. But if anyone's looking to sell, we're always looking to talk to them. As long as the price is good, right? That's right. <laughs> We've got a lot, tons of questions, so maybe at the end we'll do like a rapid fire or something. Sure. Um, Round robin. <laughs> one of the questions was, how many businesses do you have under contract to develop these spaces, or do you? So we are the development company. Uh, we are the Erie Downtown Development Company, and that's why we were formed is because we um, uh, there was no one developing downtown. You know, an interesting uh, fact, when I was hired, our board asked me to go out and try and find a developer to come in and develop these properties. I spoke to maybe two dozen different developers um, all across the country, and they all said no. And some politely said no, some simply laughed in my face. Yeah, the reason being because it's a very good economy across the country. Developers are making money in other locations. Erie's been a tough market. It's a soft real estate market. It's a challenging environment to work in. And so these developers were looking at money they were making in other cities and thought, why would I give that opportunity up to come to a place where it's tougher to make money? But that's okay. That's why we exist. That's what we were formed to do is to go in and to address these blighted, vacant, underutilized, abandoned properties. And we're making great progress. As I talked with you, we've got 10 properties. We're going to have, uh, right now, these properties are about a total of 170,000 square feet. Only 60,000 of that is being utilized. When it's all said and done, we'll have over 300,000 square feet of new commercial space and new residential space in downtown. Another one. Any news on plans to acquire the Richford Arms building? I've said this repeatedly, uh, including to the newspaper and other media outlets and online and publicly, no. The uh, company that, I'll say it again in case people didn't hear that, we are not acquiring the Richford Arms. The company that owns the Richford Arms, they are, um, from what they've told us, interested in investing in that building, uh, in that property, which is great. That's what we're trying to do is to encourage other property owners to step up and invest in their properties. So they have no interest in selling. We are not going to buy it. Don't know how else I could say that. <laughs> so what are we for, 
which which buildings will we see the activity take place in first? So there's already been a lot of activity um, in different buildings. In North Park Row alone, there's been 54 dumpster loads of items, uh, debris, garbage that's been removed from the site to get it ready for um, development. But I think the first ones that you'll see coming online are the ones at Fifth and State East. Mm -hmm. So those would be the Cashier's House, the Bunnell Block, the uh, DeLuca Building, and 10 East Fifth. The reason that those will come online the soonest is because they are probably in the best shape. Mm -hmm. North Park Rose really run down. McDonald's we have to demolish and build anew. But the buildings at Fifth and State East are um, they're they're in relatively good shape. They've just been vacant for years. So our plan is to redo those to bring in again grade A, class class A uh, office space and residential units. You'll start seeing those come online sometime late next year question about the building. Who are or do you have the main local builders working on any of these projects? Uh, so we have a construction management firm, Building Systems Inc., that we've hired to oversee the construction process and they'll be working through that process very closely with us and with the architects. Another one? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to read Jim if he wants me to ask. That's fine. Um, why, and I don't know if this is something you guys have considered, why are you why aren't you looking at better access for public transportation? So again, our mission is to revitalize downtown through property redevelopment. So we are focused on revitalizing these abandoned, uh, vacant, blighted, underutilized properties. We are not the um, parking authority. We are not the uh, transportation authority. We are not, not um, Bike Erie. We are focused on property redevelopment. Of course, transportation affects property redevelopment, so we have conversations with all those partners, including the city and the county. But again, we have to stay focused on what is our mission, um, and there are other groups already addressing these issues. You know, I think people lose, maybe forget what a short time it's been since you've been an organization. I realized looking through the files of the other day, it's been about 28 months since I first heard the words EDDC spoken by Tim Nicastro, and, th and at that point it was just a concept. Yeah. Um, so in that period of time, you've um, the organization's been been created, raised uh, 27, 28 million dollars, um, purchased all this property, developed plans. I, I guess it kind of begs the question: Where do you see yourself two years from now? What do you think? What do you think people might expect going forward in, in that amount of time from now? So buildings are coming online next year, late next year, as we just talked about. You're going to see over the next several years, buildings come online um, as successively quarter after quarter. This goes back to our approach of shocking the market back to life. We had engaged uh, some consultants and lay, they laid out a very methodical uh, process to revitalize these buildings but it was a one building at a time approach um, that would have taken, and it's utilizing some traditional economic development tools which would have um, elongated the process. So um, that timetable was looking at 20 to 25 years. What we're looking to do all these projects in five years. Um, again, we wanna shock the market back to life and we thought we need to move uh, quicker on a greater number of properties and invest a sig more significant amount in downtown in order to attract more people to invest in downtown. 
Did you have a question? Yeah, maybe, and uh, John, I think maybe you can address this because a lot of people are commenting, uh, I think under a misconception. Uh, all of these purchases were abandoned. I thought that these businesses in them had been told to leave. Can you address that? So uh, it depends on the building. In, for example, in North Park Row, there is about 100,000 square feet. And if you think about an Erie, to just to give you a comparison, a single family home is about 2,000 square feet. So that's the equivalent of having 50 single family homes. And on that block, 80,000 square feet was vacant. So that's the equivalent of living in a neighborhood where there's 50 single family homes and 40 of them being vacant. So not all of the spaces were completely vacant. There are some tenants in some spaces. And when leases um, expire, we're not renewing them so that we can go and do a complete overhaul of those buildings. You can't really go into buildings and put in new floors and new ceilings and new pipes with tenants still in them. So that's why we're waiting until the leases expire. Um, but again these spaces there may be a ground floor tenant that you see but all the upper floors are empty uh, another example is on fifth and state east the Bunnell building right now it's about 36,000 square feet mm -hmm. and there is uh, 419 artifacts which takes up about 1500 2000 square feet so out of a 36,000 square foot building only 2000 of that is being utilized the upper floors are vacant or being used as storage Again, that, that is, it, while it's, it may be good to see that there's some life in the ground floor, that, that hurts the overall economy for downtown, is if you have these upper floors that are vacant. What you want is you want people working or living in those upper floors because that creates more foot traffic for those downtown businesses. It creates more revenue for the city. It creates more opportunities to create new businesses. It creates new jobs. So that's why we're trying to create density in downtown. Um, it's, uh, we, we've walked into a tough situation where there are a lot of buildings where there hasn't been investment for years. But again, that's why we were set up, is to take on these big challenges. Talk to me about your efforts to engage people. I know I've been down to your office different times. You'll be meeting with people. I don't know if everyone knows about what those efforts look like, though. Kind of spell that out a little bit. So we meet regularly with different people in the community every day, all day long. Um, we've had probably hundreds of one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, some are to address uh, community concerns. Some are to, as I mentioned earlier, talk with potential partners like the parking authority, like the city. Some are to uh, discuss potential um, tenant spaces with local businesses. We also have a series of coffee and conversations where it's basically an open house at our office. We've done two series now and we have uh, meeting times throughout the day because we know people have different work schedules and um, uh, we need to be flexible. That is, let anyone come downtown, ask whatever questions or whatever concerns are on their mind. Um, and we try to do our best to address those questions and concerns. We have a community engagement council that's made up of a diverse group of members of the community. And they provide input and feedback on things that they're hearing out in the community that we may not be aware of or some issues to be thinking about as we work through these development um, plans. What's interesting, I think, about all this is we are um, not a public entity. We're not a government entity. There are no taxpayer dollars involved. It's all private investment. 
but we understand that we're trying to uh, create a, da a better downtown for everyone to enjoy. So that's why we welcome and embrace all uh, types of input from the community. Some of it's positive, some of it's um, uh, openly negative, some of it's um, constructive criticism. We listen to it all. So Another comment or question. Who has been approached to put businesses or residents into those spaces? And I don't know if you want to address this again, but this has been a frequent question. Where will everyone park? Sure. <laughs> so, uh, so we have a uh, retail strategy that we put together. We know basically if we're trying to get people to live downtown, then we have to create, um, we have to recruit two types of businesses. One, the daily amenities. So what do people need in their daily life? A grocery store, a dry cleaner, a barber, a salon, a, a gym, a coffee shop. So we figure out a pharmacy, what things are already there? And if they're there, what do we need to recruit to come downtown? And then we also look at if we want people to come visit downtown, if we want them to uh, have a nice place to stay when they're downtown, what are those businesses that create life? Uh, art galleries, bookstores, boutiques. What are those businesses that are going to draw foot traffic to downtown? Because once you get someone downtown, then they're more likely to stop in and get a, a cup of coffee or go visit the food hall. So those are the types of businesses that we're looking at with the retail strategy on the ground floor. With the residential strategy, we're looking again, we had a um, consulting firm that did some work for us on what are the types of um, units that should be available, what are the sizes, are they studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, what do the price points need to be, what are the amenities within not only the, um, the units themselves, uh, examples washer and dryers, but What's the amenity within the building? So are there gyms in the buildings? Are there storage lockers? Are there bike racks? But also what's the amenities in the EDDC network? So if you're renting from one of the, uh, uh, from the EDDC in one of our buildings, could we have someone go pick up your groceries at the market and deliver them to your um, refrigerator while you are at work? Those are the types of amenities that we're thinking about as we think about our, our residential strategy. Now the other question was about parking. Again, we are not the parking authority. We are not the parking experts, but we work closely with the parking authority. And so we've been discussing with them. And I, I mentioned earlier, um, other groups about the overarching mobility strategy. So not just looking at parking alone, but how are people walking downtown? How are they biking? How are they, if they are, um, need some accessibility, how are we addressing those concerns as well? John, really just one more question. I mean, you've been at the job, you're not that long, but you, what, how long has it been now? 18 months. 18 months. How does, you know, how do you rate your progress so far in, in that of the EDC? Do you, how do you feel about where you are as an organization and where this, this whole endeavor stands? I feel good about where we're headed. We put together, I think, a great big picture strategy to shock the market back to life. Again, that we were set up to address this really big challenge of these vacant, blighted, abandoned, uh, abandoned underutilized properties in downtown. I think we've lined up the property um, that we think we need. We've put together the development team. We've got a good roster of potential tenants. Um, we've got a good line. We've got a great start thanks to the board on financing. Um, we've got some other additional um, investors that um, we think will step up as well. There are obviously um, 
there in anything that you do, you're going to look back and think, I could have done this better, could have done that better. We definitely have had some challenges, and one of the some of the things that we uh, said have been early challenges have been um, the the speed at which we're moving. We're moving really quickly. Um, people may not realize that uh, because there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. But our one of our development partners said, you are moving at warp speed, which is the speed that we want to move at, but that creates some issues when you're moving that fast. And that speed is reinforcing that shock the market approach. Um, we also, as I, I was at a conference yesterday in Philadelphia and, and mentioned this as an example as well, we walk a fine line between wanting to be public and transparent about everything that we're doing but at the same time, respecting the confidentiality of development partners, this McDonald's acquisition was a great example. McDonald's required us to remain confidential about the transaction until we actually finalized the deal, which was Friday. But um, McDonald's, being a big corporation, I don't think understands that Erie uh, is a smaller town and everyone knows everyone and everyone knows what's going on. So while they were closing the store, um, and while they were making other um, plans for that that franchise, people were looking at us, and we were not in a position to comment. So that's challenging for us because while we want to be we want to be open and transparent because we want people to be excited, we want to attract other investors, but at the same time, we have to respect when development partners um, ask us to remain confidential. So that's one of the challenges. John, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, thanks for, for coming in. Me. And thanks to everyone for watching today. Have a good day.